Yes, good evening everyone. Welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Dean Prempleshire, one of your hosts. <laughs> oh my gosh, and I'm James Anderson, your other host. I'm just a fun little school kid. <laughs> Who's of age and is fine, it's fine. Listen, it's fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. Oh, Jack disease. <laughs> oh, no, maybe not. James, did you have anything else to say? Oh, and uh, on this show, in addition to doing flawless impressions, (laughs) we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. Yes, that is correct. And this week, uh, young James, young Jimothy, we are Mm -hmm. in Bletchley Park, England, in 1940. And we are Uh. watching the TV series Agent Carter, season two, episode four, starting at minute 16 and 43 seconds. And we are ending the scene at 18.34. All right. Hey, surprise, it's actually me, Colin ooh, Parker. Ooh. Uh, he does an amazing American accent, doesn't he? Thank you. Uh, yeah, I I'm. I think I'm going to be the next Spider-Man. Um, ooh, yeah, because uh, they can only be English. It seems like it at this point. Um, all right. Toby Maguire. <laughs> I'm Toby, innit? All right, here we go. Um, Boy. <laughs> so here's here's where we are. We're, we are actually My in... My fair Spidey. <laughs> we are actually in Agent Carter season two, episode four, and just like I said, we are actually at Bletchley Park, England, in 1940. Agent Carter season two, episode four, the only episode of Agent Carter that we basically ever talk about. We've talked about one other episode mm-hmm. at all, at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, but don't worry, there's lots it's of coming flashbacks up. on this one. Yeah, there, yep. it's coming up. So buckle up. Uh, so it starts off with a bunch of people, uh, well, first, obviously you see Bletchley Park and then we're in the, the office space and it's, we thought you'd run out of time, love. We started taking wages around the office. If Fred would ever pop, sorry, uh, sorry, that Fred would never pop the question. It's like, I didn't bet he would. Someone owes me two quids and Peggy jokes with them. It might be me. I bet he wouldn't. And they all laugh. (laughs) They are interrupted with enough chatting ladies back to your codes. They disperse, and the man now is in frame and asks Miss Carter for a word. She steps into the office of Mr. Edwards. He says, I understand congratulations are in order. In order? Sorry. And she says, yes, I'm to be married. Uh, which, what a 1940s way of saying that, I feel yeah. like. It's I'm to be married is such like classic, like Turner Classic Movies station. Every movie has that line kind of thing. Because it's like that, that, what's that called? The, um... Is it called the continental accent? Yeah. The thing that like it's it's American, but it's also British. I'm to be married is like cla- yeah, it, it fits in it's like, you'd hear it in either country kind of thing. It's, it's yeah, sort of exactly. deal. Yeah. Uh and uh she says, Yes, I'm to be married. And she says so very happily. Deadpan, he goes, lovely. And I laughed out <laughs> loud. I wish I could describe to you because I forgot that this moment happens until we were doing the rewatch. And then when he goes, hmm, lovely, and then just immediately moves on, I laughed so hard. Uh, but anyway, yeah. so he says, well, I hope you're ready for another proposal. And she is given an envelope with SOE on it, and she questions about it. It's special, oops, I wrote this incorrectly, special operations executive. It's a new war division spearheaded by Winston Churchill himself. And they need a code breaker. A code breaker? Good heavens, no. They're being trained to, what? They're being... I have a typo here, and I don't know what the word is supposed to be. They're being something. I accidentally said tasted, which is definitely not it. Probably, probably trained. 
Well, no, it's something to train field agents. They're being tasked. There we go. Tasked. I, yep. yep, there They're it is. being yep. tasked to train field agents in irregular warfare, espionage, sabotage, guerrilla tactics, but they don't send Dick women Dutch. into the field. <laughs> Resistance networks all over Europe need people who won't draw attention walking down the street. They need women, and they're recruiting you. She asks why her. He tells her that she's already great at code breaking, so someone must see a great deal of potential in her, which I think is great because he says someone and he doesn't then say, and I agree, which again, I know maybe <laughs> doesn't necessarily need to be said, but like, it is hilarious to me that he's like, someone must see a great deal of potential in you. And yeah. there's just a, a small pause. Um, <laughs> and then it moves on. And then her self-doubt sort of kicks in. You know, she's like, oh, you know, I don't know. I, I could do that, blah, blah, blah. And he says, this is a rare chance for you to strike a massive blow for king and country, which also is a line you've heard in every single World War, World War II movie that has a British character, I feel like. Um, right. And then there's some absolutely stellar music that plays as she sort of starts her transformation in this moment, right? She says, right. yes, sir. And the music, which I could not find an actual track title for this bit, uh, because only season one's soundtrack that's is available to stream anywhere. That's what I was going to look up. Yeah. yeah. That's what um, but it is extremely similar to the Captain America theme. Uh, mm. It's just a little bit slower. Uh, but it's mm. also, interestingly, even more similar uh, to the track This Is My Choice from the soundtrack of Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, mm. And it basically, it feels like this is a section like within that song that is already kind of a slight variation on the main cap theme. Oh. Um, and then this is sort of then a variation on that. Because uh, it, it, it's her choice. Right, because it's her choice. Um, so I think it's very cool because it was his choice to do this for everyone at the sacrifice of their love. Uh, and yeah. I wonder if that's relevant. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, she looks at the envelope and she says that she'll discuss it with her fiance, although she simply isn't cut out for that kind of work. Um, the, there are two things that I wanted to note here. Uh, one of them was something research, but I also wanted to point out one thing that I thought was fascinating about this scene in particular, um, is there is this sort of persona that she has mm -hmm. during these flashbacks. Uh, she puts on the public act essentially of showing that she's younger a little bit, like within her acting skills, Haley Atwell, but like also specifically like kind of showing that she's not as experienced and, you know, hasn't been through a rugged real right. world just yet. There's almost right. this like sense of, you know, like she's almost naive. Innocence. Yeah. And innocence, yeah. you know, but like her voice is pitched higher in mm -hmm. this scene than it is when you hear her in subsequent scenes, quote sure. unquote, in modern times in, in quote unquote present day of like, you right. know, you get what I'm saying, right. but uh, it day. is it is very interesting how how she does that. You know, do you think they do you think she did that or do you think they did that in post? I think she did that because mm -hmm. um, it doesn't sound it like it doesn't sound unnatural. Like, you know, I could if I really wanted to, I could talk a little bit down here um, yeah. to be like, I'm talking very seriously. If I get mm -hmm. really excited, I could get kind of up here, James. You know what I mean? So like, I feel like that's mm -hmm. sort of what sure. she's doing is I see what you're saying. You know, yeah, yeah. She's. Like norm like normally when you hear her, she would be like, um like, hang on, let me let me find one of the direct lines that she says. Like I feel like if you were in nineteen 19- I'm to be married. Right. If you heard her in the late nineteen forties, she would be like, I'm to be married. Right? Right. But in this she's like, I'm to be married. Right. She's like right. it's like this young, jovial type sound. Um Right. And uh yeah, I just think it's a very interesting like thing to do. Absolutely. Like I mean, it's obviously a choice, but also 
not only is it a choice for the youngness, but I think it really mm -hmm. does show how the world changes how you speak in general. For sure. And like, yep. once again, kind of he proves a point here as well, right? Of like, people don't, like, they need women because like during that time, they didn't really see them as a threat kind of thing. So like they would just sort of turn a blind eye, right? right. And so she now speaks in a way really that most of the men speak uh, in right. her workforce, but they still don't recognize that because they're right. still kind of viewing this. So like, it's a kind of a cool little like reveal in a way. Um, yeah. And then the little bit of research that I did was I was wondering if SOE was real or if that was also made up for like a Marvel thing. I mean, they have so many acronym names Sure. that I was like, I mean, that could be real because it doesn't spell out like a fancy word. I mean, right. you could be so, but I mean, like, I was like, right. eh, it doesn't sound anything that's like, you know, unless like so was how what they called a sword back then kind of thing, you know. Um, but it's <laughs> draw actually your real. So. Yeah. Oh, I got that. Draw your soul. Uh, I was like, uh, so anyway. it's real. Yeah, it is real. The special wow. operations executive was a secret British World War II organization, and you can tell it's British because organization is spelled with an S instead of a Z. With an S, sure. It was officially formed on July twenty second. Sorry, on twenty second July nineteen forty, mm. under Minister of Economic Warfare Hugh Dalton from the amalgamation of three existing secret organizations. Uh, its purpose, like hilariously, like two of the, the three S, things the he said. The O and the E. Yeah. Uh, was to uh, espionage, sabotage, and reconnaissance in occupied Europe. Uh, and also later uh, occupied Southeast Asia against the Axis powers and to aid local resistance movements. Um, I think what's really cool, too, is that they were frequently referred to as the Baker Street Irregulars, which, like, that is such a good band name, I feel like. Do you, do you know what that refers to? Uh, no. Does that refer That's, to something? So Sherlock Holmes enlisted oh, you're right. the yeah, homeless yeah. It's people. It's the characters. It's like the, isn't it like the, the Street Boys? Yeah, he, he enlisted all the homeless folks in London to be his message network. That's right. That's a perfect, that's such a cool name for, for a spy network. That's, that's cool. awesome. And uh, it was also known as Churchill's Secret Army, which makes me realize that once again. <laughs> just like, can we not call it that? Please? Yeah. Uh, once again, it proves that Harry Potter is not that original. Uh, or the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare, which I think is very interesting. Uh, because like, not only is it, quote unquote ungentlemanly because like we're now getting into like guerrilla and like sabotage right. type stuff but also like most of their operatives were women um right yeah. so i think it's also you know, like, ungentlemanly like they call it american football mm -hmm. it'd be hilarious if they're like the department of american style espionage <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the last actually there is one actual final thing i forgot to mention that i did did <laughs> want to point out was that the they basically had these subsidiary branches that also kind of came out of the formation of this uh so new york city had a branch office that was used to be called the british security coordination uh it was mm -hmm. weirdly enough though headed up by a canadian which is strange um because they were british at the time weren't they were they i always get this i always get this messed up they were part of the, i mean like they have like the queen's money on them we talked about this with, with Canada in, in Ages of Shield, but yeah, but like they were a province. Let's see, God save the Queen. Provinces, parliamentary democracy, the constitutional monarchy. But it, I, I, I don't know. I guess it's just like funny to me that it's a British intelligence agency headed by a Canadian in America. So it's like, okay, sure. 
Right. Um, the office was located at room 3603, 630 5th Avenue, Rockefeller Center, which is crazy that they'll just give you that information. Um, I guess because it's... 3603, 30 Rock. Because it's like <laughs> now gone, I guess. But uh, right. And it's coordinated with the work of SOE, SIS, MI5, and the American FBI and Office of Strategic Services. <laughs> so there you have it. A bunch of different teams working together to actually get some stuff done. In a way... They were kind of the Avengers of the 1940s. Love that. Love that you've done that. Love, love what? Oh, I, can't, I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> I love that video so much. That, God, that's a classic. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, the only other thing uh, also is that Bletchley Park also, of course, exists. It's a mansion uh, that is an English country house and a state in Bletchley, Milton Keynes. Keynes? Milton Keynes, Keynes yeah. yeah. Uh, which is in Buckinghamshire. Uh, and it was the principal center of Allied co-breaking during the Second World War. So sure enough, that all of this was was accurate during World War II. The estate housed nope. The estate housed sorry the Government Code and Cipher School, the GCNCS. What a Love name! That. Uh, Love that. And it included some code breakers such as Alan Turing, who would later on become Doctor Strange. Exactly. I was trying to see if you could, uh, if you were going to get there. And they had a Colossus computer, which would later on show up in X Men. Uh, <laughs> they got that from the Russians. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, I mean, that is exactly what it is. Uh, oh, Bletchley Park, also known as Station X. I'm starting to see a through line here. Wait a minute. Speaking of things that aren't original. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. So that was all that I had, though. Uh, so cool. James, did you have anything that you wanted to yeah. mention for this episode? Yeah, dude, I, I got some Avengers Ensemble to do. Of we got course a big, you do. A big, we got a big Avengers Ensemble, oh, Colin. Really? A big one. Avengers Ensemble. This is the first time we're seeing Ms. Haley Atwell Wait, at the helm. No, surely that's not true. Last time we saw Peggy Carter was... He flipped to his thing. She was a child, I uh, guess, huh? Yeah, she was twenty. It was nineteen twenty-seven, and she was That's a little child running around with Michael. Wild. Okay. Yep. You're right. This is so. Wow. Yep. Weird that so I thought is, we'd seen her by now. What's funny is I wrote these notes for uh, two scenes from now because I wasn't thinking. I had to like copy paste all of this over to here. So yeah, mm-hmm. first off, uh, batting uh, lead off, we have. Uh, 1940s baseball reference, Haley Atwell <laughs> as Peggy Carter. So she's Peggy Carter in a bunch of things. Agent Carter, Captain America. That's all we need to say for right now. Uh, she is playing Lara Croft in a Tomb Raider animated series filming now. She is a character named Grace in the Mission Impossible 7, which is in post-production, and Mission Impossible 8, which is filming she played mittens in Peter Rabbit Two. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, Peter Rabbit Two: Colon The Runaway. Um, she was in Blinded by the Light. She Red was like a deuce. Yeah, th- th- I think that that movie about the Bruce Springsteen. Oh, hmm. yes. So yes, that ex- revved up exactly. Went to make a joke, and like apparently a I was actually correct. Okay. <laughs> right? Yeah. Have you seen that movie? That movie's I'm really not, good. Actually. It's really good. Um, Evelyn, she played Evelyn Robin in Christopher Robin, Christopher Robin's mom. Oh. Uh, she was in one episode of Black Mirror. Uh, she was one of the leads in the Pillars of the Earth mir- miniseries. Um, Pillars of the Earth is a very good book. I haven't seen the miniseries, but I imagine it's intense. 
uh, content warning, like heavily, it gets intense. Okay, especially, espe- like the intenseness to which it gets is a major plot point for Haley Atwell's character. Ooh. So, Ooh. yeah. Okay. Uh, she played Asha in two episodes of Doctor Who: uh, Colon the Eighth Doctor Adventures. Um, since she's a major major person in this universe that we have going on here, I also do some some extra uh, extra stuff. I always like to find when IMDb has a trademark or trademarks listed. Uh, Haley Atwell's trademark: warm smile. Warm. That's smile. nice, though. And you know what? That is yeah. true. Yeah. I, I would agree yeah. with that. Yeah. I, I hey, I think I want to I want to do a movement for uh, everyone to put in some nice trademarks for people that they like. Just like you know, good cook. I everyone I like this that. a lot because in my head, I mean, you can tell that I go to to school right now for business because I was like, Haley Atwell owns a trademark. I was like, I was trying to think of like what would she have filed for, and like I was like, oh, right. like trademark, like trait. Okay, got right. it. Right, exactly. Okay, you see, and like more common, like Marilyn Monroe with her like beauty mark right. and like. So uh, she is the only child and daughter of Grant Atwell, who was a Native American, uh, whose name was Star Touches Earth, which is what? such a cool name. Uh, he was born in Missouri, and he is of part Native American consent, uh, Native American descent. Uh, he was also a shaman. Oh. Uh, his wife was Alison Kane, who was from London, Middlesex, England, uh, Great Britain, and Northern Ireland of English and Irish descent. So her parents separated when she was two years old, but uh, she has that sort of, she, she can do American accents and yeah. British accents. Um, trivia. She's a skilled ventriloquist. Huh? Yeah. That's been making me scratch my head since I took the note, uh, like, uh, you know, like two or three weeks ago. Does she use that at any point in the MCU? When you were talking about how she raised her voice mm-hmm. to make it sound, whatever, I was like, is she yeah. doing that? Cause she like, I mean, like, she's not throwing her voice, but she should have. She's just kind of doing a character <laughs> voice. It's oh, I her... guess ventriloquism. Yeah, go ahead. I guess ventriloquism doesn't really work on film. Because you just think it's ADR'd. It's just, you like. I guess, but I think, I, I don't know. Maybe it's like the idea of, like, if if you are specifically saying my character knows ventriloquism. So then when, yeah. she, when she's just looking like, right? Yeah. And then and you hear a voice like in the room kind of thing but everyone goes like that you're like yeah. oh she's doing it oh she's doing it she's doing it she's doing the thing even if it's ADR Sarah get in here yeah <laughs> even if it's ADR like you know like uh, right. for other people for her right. it would be real yeah Atwell's direct response ADR um, and oh, her first on screen role was in a Pringles TV commercial so really yeah once you pop the tra- fun don't stop I mean this in the in the sweetest most 1940 level uh, Agent Carter level of innocence, but kind of like her. It's like once you get a, you get a first sort of experience with her, it's yeah. like she's the gift that keeps on giving. I would and agree. let's move on from there. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I uh, will say though, you know, her acting skills are very strong. I would definitely say that she's the Frank McCormick of the 1940s. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Frank McCormick. Yeah. The Spice Guy? No, like the Cincinnati. The dad of the Spice Girls? Frank no, McCormick? like the Cincinnati player. Come on now. Come on. A Cincinnati play like a actor? You, you earlier said the nineteen forties baseball reference. 
Oh, oh so I've been just looking for. I, yeah, of course, got it, got I'm it, pretending it, like I actually know anything about. Got it, got baseball. it, got it, got it. I see what you're doing there. Gotcha. Baseball, haha, <laughs> game. Uh, All right, so score the basketball hoop. All right, so um, we have a couple of Bletchley girls. There's only two oh, yeah. of them credited. Cool. There's like seven of them in the room, so some of them are CGI. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And <laughs> so you know many what? Of them it's are, CGI are and uh, ventriloquism. LMDs. Yeah, there you go. CGI V. CG four. Um, so <laughs> I can't wait till right, I get so to CG five. I love, you know, CG five, they, they really improved the graphics and I really appreciate that. Um, they put the G CG five for the one first time. Um, so first is, uh, Katarina, Catriona Toop. Catriona Toop sounds like from a key and peel sketch, but, uh, a little bit. it's not Catriona Toop. University of Washington. All right, so uh, she plays Bletchley, Bletchley Girl Park. number one. Penitentiary, sorry. <laughs> Penitentiary? Yeah. Wait a minute. Agent Carter's backstory just got a lot more complex. Um, <laughs> she, uh, I said, the only thing I recognize her is that she played Baroness Clara Jensen in My Christmas Prince, which I haven't seen, but I have heard people talk about Is that on a Twitter. one? I or Netflix is that Netflix? I think it's a Netflix. I think it's not. That's Netflix. Um, so put the phone. You don't need to call your mom. It's not a hallmark. We we can okay. just yeah. Keep her on hold though, because okay. who knows? Uh, the rest hold, appears hold to be mom. BBC TV. Yeah. <laughs> okay. She's just on hold. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, the rest appears to be BBC TV. So she was just sort of like British TV actress, um, Catriona Toop. And then Bletchley Girl number two is Jennifer Neela Page. Uh, she was on one episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, one hmm. episode of West... It says West Word here, but I'm sure that means West World. Um, and uh, six episodes uh, as Mary Shelley in a sh- on a show called Living with Frankenstein, which if it's not a sitcom, I really want it to be a sitcom. Like... Oh, Frank, what have you done this time? Oh, fire. Ha, <laughs> laugh track. <laughs> so then uh, the last one we have is the guy that played Edwards, the boss, uh, the dry-humored boss that, that got Colin all, uh, all giggly. Um, he's played by a guy named Christopher Grove. Uh, he was on three episodes of Mind Hunter, which is a, a good show on Netflix. It's a good show. Um, it's a shame that yeah, for sure. got canceled. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I was looking forward to what and season the, three the, was going the wild do. thing is, we'll never know why. The mystery continues. It became the mystery, Colin. Sometimes on our new we, podcast, Mind Hunting, Mind Hunter. When you think we're about gonna it, we're going to find out why. When you think about it, it was based on true stories, and so then they got too close to home. I think they uncovered right. something, and then Netflix said, "Shut it down, shut it down, shut it down." Yeah, we've got Jonathan Groff on the line right now, John. Uh, oh, don't call you John? Okay. Uh, oh, he's hung up. Okay, never mind. He was on one episode of Justified, one episode of Alias, and one episode of the 1986 Twilight Zone series. Um, that is Christopher Grove, the one credited man in this scene. Uh, but that is all I have for Avengers Ensemble for this. So why don't I take us to some social meds? Sure, let's do it. And... Uh, I have what we're going to do with those social means right here, and that is, before we go, I want to offer you a bit of a recommendation. Let's see. I've been enjoying, you know what? I've been enjoying uh, She's All That Minute, and I know that I'm on that, and I edit that, so I hear it, but 
we're reaching a point now when we're recording this on March 29th, 2022, um, in the release of the of the show where Aaron and I have really hit our stride. We've dealt with the demons that we uh, had to deal with with our expectations of what this movie was and wasn't. Hmm. We're going we're going forward. It's it's getting really good. So I want to recommend She's All That Minute, part of the James and Aaron Minute Movies franchise. It's a good time. We are we have the next movie actually already. We've called dibs on it on the Minute Movies uh, secret Facebook group. Oh. We called dibs on it like it, in the summer of 2021 because we're like we are not getting sniped again. Wow. Yeah, so it's going to be a good time. Um, and listeners of She's All That Minute might have a guess as to what that movie is. So um, that is my recommendation. Please listen to me more, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> but uh, instead of having you listen to me more anymore on this episode, I'm going to take us out of here. Uh, I am James Anderson. And I am Colin Parker. Um, I have... Actually, I received a transmission, Colin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took some time before we started recording, and I decoded it, and it has a single simple message, and it's actually for you okay. and all of our listeners. It says, Excelsior, stop.